1: Hi, and welcome everyone to History Tweeps. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today, uh, we have a story from the Second World War. It's entitled Operation Mincemeat, The Man That Never Was, story of uh, Glendale Michael, uh, who was who, had, who lived a pretty unremarkable life, wouldn't you say so, Colonel?
0: Yeah, he didn't, he wasn't curing cancer or anything out there, Timmy.
1: No, but in death, he changed the course of history. So we're going to talk about this very interesting story from World War II. But before we do, uh, I would like to introduce uh, my co-host. Uh, normally, of course, we're joined by the very lovely and talented Brandy. Uh, mm-hmm. But she is on a well-deserved she, vacation.
0: She went out of the range of her ankle bracelet and now she's paying the consequences well, for yeah,
1: there you have you know you uh, don't do the crime don't do the time if you can't do the crime or and whatever when that they is. snap
0: on those things on your ankle you got a 30 yard radius that you can go and you go yeah. past that it starts be she knows this she put on a bracelet before
1: yeah but it's uh, her own fault but anyway uh, Brandy's not with us today so we we know that she has a lot of uh, supporters out there. I don't know why, but I don't does. know why. But she's very popular. But you so. know what?
0: People eat sauerkraut too, and I can't figure that out yeah. either, Timmy. That's so. a good that's
1: a fair point. Yeah. Um so anyway, um let me introduce the most dangerous man in podcasting today, the really the moral compass of the podcast, a man who's been described as an oasis. In the Desert of Despair, the very honorable, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard, Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel?
0: I'm wonderful today, Timmy. I almost didn't come in here today. It was I got up, it was stormy and rainy, and I just was thought, you know, today I'll stay in bed today, Timmy. But
1: but, you but we you had a, a podcast to do. Yeah, apparently uh, Brandy doesn't have that kind of work ethic.
0: Well, no, she just takes weeks off at a time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, she's probably uh, drinking, drugging, all that sort of thing. She's, I'm so, sure she she's... Worshipping
0: Satan. Worshipping Satan, out trying to get new... I think she had a, a thing down at the high school where she was trying to convert the younger kids, you know, high school kids, the youth groups... Uh-huh. To Satan. Um, to Satan. Yeah.
1: So... All right, but that gives us a chance to talk about history because, you know, Brandy doesn't like history. She, Brandy likes serial killers. That is really her...
0: If it doesn't bleed, Brandy doesn't like it. Too. Yeah, yeah. So She uh, likes body parts flying, heads falling. Yeah, off. mutilation. Yeah. Yeah. Necrophilia. Yeah. she that's really all, into that's, that necrophilia. Uh, well,
1: thing. that's her Ballywock era, mm-hmm. necrophilia. Yeah.
0: I don't like it. Sometimes I get uncomfortable when we're talking about, you know, like we did Ed Kemper. Uh-huh. And she starts acting kind of wiggly. Yeah, she gets,
1: a, she gets a little excited yeah. when uh, you talk about... Uh, People being, uh, bodies being uh, dismembered and stuff.
0: Yeah, it makes uh, me uncomfortable.
1: But anyway, Brandy is on a well deserved vacation. So uh, we're going to soldier on, Colonel, because we are dedicated as a podcast, you and I.
0: Well, and it allows us to do something to me that we wouldn't normally do um, something that, you know, you got like three or four, uh, you know, different things going on here. And plus, you got multiple syllables in the
1: words. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so yes. it had
0: to make the script writing easier for you. Oh, well, yeah. Not to cut things down.
1: Yeah, I did, we didn't have to dummy it down too much. No. We're just kidding. We know people get mad when we talk know, about Brandy. I know, they think we were yeah. picking on her. We love and Brandy. And we are picking
0: on Brandy because that's our job is to pick on Brandy. Yes. But and Brandy's
1: it, a very intelligent woman. We're just, we're just missing. No,
0: up. you know what's crazy about this whole damn thing, Timmy? Mm-hmm she's the bossiest strongest willed woman <laughs> i ever met
1: more uh, yes i agree she's people, more competent than any man yeah we know.
0: people feel like they got <laughs> to the, you know like protect oh, her poor brandy <laughs> poor brandy's ass she's they just, need to protect us i know that's what we got to team up just
1: to keep her at bay yeah exactly but Brandy will be back next week. But uh, let's get started, Colonel. I wanted to give a, a shout-out to our Patreon supporters who have been just outstanding. They've been amazing. Uh, the amount of support that we've gotten through Patreon is just beyond belief for us, and we just want to s- give those folks a big old thank you. Uh, if you would like to support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash historydweebs where you can give a little, a lot, or, or just a wee little bit, to me. With that in mind, we'd like to give a very special thank you to Alicia and Chip. Uh, And we have some new um, supporters on Patreon. Uh, Daniel Bassett. Thank you, uh, Daniel. Your uh, donation is very generous. Kate Richardson. Thank you, Kate. Our friend Karen Barnes uh, from Cleveland. I love Karen Barnes. I do, too. She's wonderful. Thank you, Karen. Uh, uh, Tommy Lane. uh, Thank you, Tommy. Very generous donation. Jason Dykes. Thank you, Jason. Bridget Clavey. Uh, Brandy McBride Maggie Glover
0: Brandy McBride's got twins did you know that no I didn't
1: know that yeah Brandy's got oh cool Brandy got twins of all um, softball playing lesbian got twins oh I love Brandy she's cool yeah she is Maggie Glover Kate Richardson thank you Kate uh, Fiona Crisps who's in the great uh, she's in uh, Vietnam right now very beautiful country Vietnam uh, so hope you're having a good time over there Fiona Laura O'Reilly Christine Bourgeois, You did that very nice. Donna Curran, Maja, uh, Aaron, thank you very much, Aaron. Kimberly uh, Cameron, thank you, Kimberly. Of course, our dear friend uh, from Arkansas, Elise. Uh, Scotty uh, Jay from the um, Killers, Cults, and Nutjobs podcast. Diane Student from the History Goes Bump podcast. Uh, it was great to see Diane on the page, uh, on our Facebook page the other day, talking about... Um, the paranormal activity. It was a it was a fun discussion. Thank you, Diane, Amber, Amber Trevino, Annette Petray, Lise, Leslie Hagar, Amber Scoville. Of course, our good friend Jahara, and uh, of course, our very uh, good friend T J Young. Thank you, T J uh, Dr. Jeff and his lovely wife, Don, who we are hoping to, we're get,
0: hoping to get on a podcast. Yes.
1: At least we're going to hope to meet them anyway. And yeah. hopefully include them in a, a future podcast coming up. Andrew Hap, Cheryl, uh, Holly Woodward, who I call Hollywood, Hollywood. Yes. Um, of course, uh, Shirley, our good friend, Shirley, uh, Todd Long, Lydia Fisher and, uh, Ruth, her sister, Mary Ruth. Mary Ruth that's right. Uh, Jennifer Rasnick, Tyrone, Phyllis Munson, uh, Sarah Morgan, Melissa Montoya, Brittany Martin, our good friend Joe Hopkins with the uh, American Now History Podcast. If you haven't heard it yet, check it out. It's really, really good. Uh, if you love history they get
0: into some in-depth stuff yeah that, they do
1: and it's a lot of different topics he covers and mm. it, i like it because they they take uh, a topic and they'll look at it throughout history and make it relative to what's going mm. on today yeah they so. they the one
0: about the press the yeah, it was presidents really good. and the press was really good
1: yeah mandy swanson Jennifer Siemens and her mother Linda, who you've been ignoring apparently. I,
0: you know what I, I just thought I just said put on the page. I just thought I'd called that evil woman out for being a traitor. Oh, but well, she uh, used to be
1: on Team Colonel. She, she was on Team Colonel. Now she's a free and she switched.
0: Agent. Well, she was on Team Colonel. I think she's on. I think the woman has gone as so far as to be on Team Brandy.
1: Yeah, oh, that's scary.
0: It is scary. I mean, that's you know that's. Basically, you become Darth Vader at that point, Timmy. (laughs) You've crossed over. You've crossed over to end right all the way into the the dark dark side. side. Yeah,
1: Our good friend Cindy Lou, Heather Poole, of course, Charlie and Allie from the Insight podcast. Happy birthday, Charlie. Uh, We love you and we're looking forward to meeting you in in a couple months at CrimeCon. Um,
0: And my son is walking around college right now with a macbook whatever that's got an insight sticker on
1: it. really so yeah oh cool uh their, their podcast is so good stacy uh chris howyer and her uh her cat uh jeffrey and cheryl weldon and of course rudy the wonder dog
0: who is doing it for those that are concerned we we took rudy to the vet because i thought rudy was getting a little round in the ass to me
1: mm-hmm he was putting on a few pounds. Half
0: Beagle, half German Shepherd, and uh he was up to 65 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I have since put Rudy on. And he's a very active dog. You know, I take him out running and run with him all the time and take him out walking. Mm-hmm. But so he's a very, very active dog, but he got up to 65 pounds. So he's uh, a little heavy. He's getting a little heavy, and and Rude is down to uh, sixty pounds right now. Is he on
1: the carb diet? Non carb diet?
0: He's just on a, a no no human. You know, I got no a cat bad cat
1: food diet. I got well,
0: yeah, he ain't on the cat food diet no more. <laughs> but he, I got a bad habit of if I'm if I'm eating something, I I will slip my hand down under the share, table and share it, it, share it with it. the dog. And
1: Does so he I'm like not, cheese.
0: He loves cheese. Yeah. Love the dog loves pizza crust. Uh huh. Now that I'm on the low carb diet, we don't have no pizza at the uh, house. He's so. Probably
1: not very happy with that. Then
0: no. And Rudy seems to be doing better on his uh, diet than I am. So,
1: <laughs> are you still down six ounces or whatever, or did you put it back on? I'm, <laughs>
0: no, actually, I'm down four pounds.
1: Oh, very good. Four pounds. Very
0: yeah. good. All yeah, right. four pounds from a uh, 206. Well, that, you know, it's not, still, you're, not you're, making much of a dent in today. You into know that.
1: what? You're going in the right direction. Um, I want to give a special shout-out to a pod, a new podcast. Uh, uh, I spoke with this gentleman on a podcast we listen to, Facebook group. Uh, and uh, they, he has a podcast called CNC Geek Cast. And I know a lot of our listeners, they like, like, uh, Star Wars and – uh, like uh, the Marvel uh, comics uh, and superheroes and all that, um, this podcast CC Geekcast they review movies and not only those types of movies, uh, superhero movies, but all types of movies. I listened to their podcast the other day and they did a review of of um, Citizen Kane. So they do old and new movies, and uh, they're very knowledgeable. And they and uh, not only about not only did they discuss you know the writing and the, the acting but they also talk about the technical aspects of the movies uh, so give them a listen if you get a chance that's cc geek cast so subscribe give them a listen and i think you'll like their podcast all right let's get. To in. me have
3: you
0: just real quickly have you noticed that when you go back to some movies um like even the first star wars mm-hmm. how the special effects look so bad now yeah because of because of, of progress, of what we have now. Yeah, and,
1: you, know. you know they say that the uh, and Star Wars, by the way, is one of the movies that they reviewed. But um, they say that the uh, that the camera in you know the camera that was used on the Mars rover mm-hmm. at the time that the camera in your pocket now is like a hundred times more powerful. Oh no, kidding! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. technology is just you know developed so quickly. Anyway. Let's talk about Operation Mincemeat, okay?
0: This is an interesting subject. So. It really
1: is. It's a cool story. Uh, as we said, it's about a. It, it, it involves the Second World War and it you know really one of the key events of the Second World War, and that's the United States, and Great Britain, the Allied forces landing, uh, getting a foothold in Europe. Because you know when you think Colonel of the uh, Allies um, getting a, a foothold in. Europe in the Second World War, we always think of the D-Day, D, yeah, yeah, the D-Day Normandy. invasion, yeah. But really, actually, of course, the first uh, uh, foothold that the Allies were able to get on the continent of Europe occurred in Sicily, and then finally, and then thereafter in Italy, right? And that occurred in 1943. But there was some question at the time where that uh, landing was going to take place. Everybody knew it was coming after the Allies got a foothold in. Or their success in uh, North Africa, uh, but there were still some debate on whether the United States would uh, do what was, or not only the United States. I should say the Allies, United States and Great Britain, if the uh, Allies would land in uh, Sicily as everyone suspected, or if they would go through Greece and up through the Balkans. So, um, and of course that, you know, everyone it was a chess match, right? Everyone was. You know, the Germans had...
0: Well, where you want to set up your defenses.
1: Exactly. And everyone at the time thought the invasion was going to occur uh, through Sicily. And eventually that's what exactly is what happened. But uh, Great Britain, um, uh, the British intelligence uh, developed a disinformation plan uh, that would uh, throw the Germans off and... Uh, the, it was, became known as Operation Mincemeat, and it involved the death of a homeless gentleman named Glendore Michael. And his life, although interesting in itself, um, was not quite as interesting as his death because it really, as I said, it changed the course of history. So let me tell you exactly what we're talking about. So Operation Mincemeat was a successful British disinformation plan during World War II. The operation's success was due in large part uh, to an unemployed, uh, homeless vagrant, I guess, who decided to kill himself. Or a we homo. Think, we think he killed himself. There's still some debate on whether he killed himself or. Well, it was the a, British secrets. No, 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 him. no. He died British of, intelligence. He died right? of rat poisoning, and oh. there's some question as to whether or not he took the rat poisoning to kill himself, or he was so hungry he was eating bread that was laid out. For, oh, for the rats For yeah. the rats. It was yeah caked in this rat yeah. poisoning. But anyway, uh, it was a part of the general uh, a greater operation which was known as Operation Barclay, which was um, an operation to uh, a widespread deception intended to cover the invasion of Italy by the Allies uh, from North Africa. It was hope, It was hoped that it would help convince the German High Command, that the Allies uh, planned to invade Greece instead, in 1943, instead of Sicily. Um, The plan involved, as I said, this gentleman, uh, deceased gentleman, uh, by the name of Glendore Michael. And the plan was basically they were going to um, put some fake documents on uh, Michael's dead body and dispose of him. Uh, uh, so that he would wash up on the uh, shores uh, on the beach in Spain. Of course, Spain at that time was ruled by uh, Franco, uh, who uh, were you know they were friends with uh, it was a fascist government. They were friends with Germany, and the 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 British intelligence knew that um, the Spanish would share any information they got with the Germans. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and when you think about it, this was a really, you know, this could have went really bad uh, had the had the Germans figured this out that this was a ploy.
0: Well, had they just called shenanigans on? Yeah, it,
1: had they called shenanigans <clears throat> on this thing, they would have known then for sure that yeah, the, we was
0: coming up through Sicily.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the the Allies took a chance on this, and it turned out in the end the Germans. You know, they bought it hook, line, and sinker, but we're gonna get, we'll get into We're getting ahead of ourselves, but let's talk about this. So in 1942, after successes in North Africa, the Allied troop forces was looking to get a fo- foothold in Europe. As we said, the most likely spot for the invasion was Sicily, and the problem was that everyone, including the Germans, knew that this was uh, where the Allies was going to uh, invade. and Uh, Because of that, the Germans had, uh, you know, their forces there in Sicily ready for it, so it was going to be a very costly invasion for the Allies. The only other possible option for the invasion for the Allies was if they land in Greece, uh, but it had its own set of problems. Um, So there was this debate, you know, even among you know, the the allies, the United States and Great Britain and France, whether to go land in Greece or whether to land in Sicily. The problem, as I said, with landing in Sicily is that everyone, that's where everyone suspected them, especially the Germans. So to give you a little background on how this idea came up to, um, this plan for this deception came up, in September of 1942, Uh, So this is like a year before the planning of this operation, Mincemeat. A Navy seaplane carrying top-secret documents from England to Gibraltar crashed, and all the lives of everyone uh, on the plane were, were lost, including a paymaster by the name of James Lieutenant James Hayden Turner. He was a courier and he was a French agent. Now he carried on him some very sensitive information. Um, and now the bodies were returned to uh, Great Britain uh, by the uh, by the Spanish, but the the British knew that the information that was carried by this lieutenant had been um, had been shared with the Germans. They were basically they were able apparently at the time the British was they were monitoring uh, German uh, radio. You know, correspondence. Right. So they knew that the, that they had this information. So,
0: you know what's weird here to me? Mm-hmm. I keep as you're reading. Mm-hmm. I keep waiting for the devil to jump in with some kind of silly question.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's not it's, happening. It's missing. It's somewhere missing. It's, it's yeah. yeah. It's it's something weird. Missing. Something's missing, and yeah. it's.
0: I just realized what it is. Is it's her kind of um,
1: lack of basic knowledge of world <laughs> events. Um, we, I think it's her sarcasm that we were missing.
0: <laughs> well, that could be too. So. Yeah,
1: she would be saying, you know, she would be, well, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: Well, it's, she would have been, you know, she'd have been giggling when the plane went down. Oh all, yeah, yeah. She'd been happy about on board. That. She'd have been, yeah. Yeah, that would be. Be like,
1: ooh wee. <laughs> anyway, the Germans, um, the Allies knew that the Germans read this information that was plan uh, that uh, that was on this guy. So um, fortunately, though, um, there was some information that they didn't—they didn't quite get everything. So the kind of the Allies kind of dodged a bullet, but it's put in the back of the in British intelligence mind that hey, what if we planted a dead body with false information, and what if we that false information would lead the Germans to believe? that the that we're going to invade greece and you know if they bought that yeah. that meant that the germans would move their uh their forces to uh uh greece mm-hmm. and yeah. thus leaving an opening there it a brilliant it's, plan it was it was uh, it's but it's it,
0: like the kind of plan this is a kind of plan like a 13-year-old would come up with. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, all these guys sitting around the room talking about forces and yeah. everything else and some, you know, the janitor's walking by. He's sweeping the room and says, why don't you guys just throw a dead body in the
1: sea with fake plans in it? Exactly. And so, well, the, the um, British High Command, including um, Winston Churchill, they were intrigued with the idea, but they was not ready to commit to it. They, were not, they did not want to think outside the box on this attempt. Exactly, because if it went bad, like I said, if, if the Germans had figured out that this was a plant, then they would most certainly have known that, yes, the German, the Allies are going to land in Sicily. They're just trying to throw us off. And they went, by the way, they went out of their way to create this elaborate uh, sham to make us think that they're uh, actually going through Greece, so we know they're going through Sicily. But as well, it turned Churchill out, Churchill
0: had already been burned on trying to trick people at Gallipoli. Yeah, so. <laughs> in World War One, exactly. <laughs> that's
1: not, that's a, that didn't work out well for him. Exactly. So what happens is, so the um, Allies start to build up forces, preparing for their um, invasion of Sicily. And at the time, even Winston Churchill was commented, uh, quoted as saying, everybody but a bloody fool knows we're going to land in Sicily. Mm-hmm. So right. it was right out there. Um, the Germans would know uh, that some large attack was coming because there was a big buildup of troops in North Africa, uh, but they didn't quite know where. But like, like Churchill said, they, like everyone else, the likely, the most likely place for the invasion was Sicily. So, uh, there was a RAF uh, Royal Armed Force flight At- uh, lieutenant by the name of Charles Chumley, and he was the first guy who suggested this. Like you said, he was kind of the janitor in a room. Although he was, he was an intelligent guy. He was in, he was with in British intelligence. He suggested he was the first one to suggest dropping a dead man. Uh, in a par- he, his first plan, his first idea was to drop a dead man parachuting into France with a radio uh, set up for the Germans to find. And the idea was that for the Germans to think the Allies, uh, again, was, you know, that they had put information on him that would lead them to believe that they were going to invade uh, in Greece.
0: You know, what, a lot of shit can go wrong when you're parachuting like that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly,
1: and especially with a radio. Th- there was a lot of things that could have went wrong with this plan. It really was. So uh, they dismissed that idea of the parachuting in as unworkable, especially like you said with the radio.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there was another British intelligence officer named Ewan Montagu, and Montagu and Chomley were the two guys that they kind of worked together developing this plan. And they made it work. So they decided instead of they were re- like
0: the captain and of the kind British of was, and you know, and
1: we'll get into this later. But this this chomley guy, he started living the life of this um, when they when uh, when they decided to drop this body, they gave him a whole identity, which you'll, you'll get into later. Mm-hmm. And he started living this guy, the, the 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 fictitious character that they made up was made, uh, Captain Martin. He started living this guy's life, and it's kind of interesting. We'll get into it in just a minute. But anyway, so they thought of putting documents on the body, uh, first with a parachute, but then um, they knew that the Germans, that uh, the Allies would never send sensitive documents over enemy territory, you know, uh, so they could be shot down and someone could parachute out and be captured. So instead they were gonna they decided that the, the victim or the, the the dead body would have to be a victim of a plane crash at sea. So naturally you're not going to send someone in a uh, in a, a fighter plane over uh, France or over Germany to be shot yeah. down with sensitive information. <laughs> yeah. So instead, they're they're going to make they're going to make it look like he died at sea in a plane crash at sea. That would explain the man being uh, dead for several days. Because remember, when they had to find a body, they're going right. to have to act pretty quickly, right? Yeah. Um, and he would be carrying these secret documents that, of course, were phony. The body would be floated ashore in Spain. Now in uh, technically, Spain at the time was a neutral government uh but the, as I mentioned, you know they were uh, led by Francisco Franco, who was a fascist, who came to power with the support of Germany and italy
0: and he is still dead
1: he is still dead and um it was known as I said from these earlier this earlier incident where this um a uh, British soldier was uh, shot down, that they shared intelligence with the Germans. So the British were pretty sure that if the Spanish authorities got a hold of this dead body with this uh, sensitive information, that they would share it with the German uh, intelligence. So uh, this Montague gave the operation the co- uh, code name of Mincemeat, and it was just a random, I mean, it's kind of fitting, I guess, because he's in this dead body, but it was just a random name that he had picked up. Um, so they started working with this pathologist, a guy by the name of Bernard Spillsbury. and they The Spillsbury the Doe not, Boy? Not the Spillsbury Doe Boy. This was oh. Sir Bernard Spillsbury. He was a renowned pathologist at the time, and they consulted with him on kind of... How to make it appear that this uh, that this body died of hypothermia and drowning? Uh, because you know the thing was they couldn't just get some; they had to have the body.
0: Yeah, they had to have a look.
1: Yeah, they had to make yeah. it look like this guy died from drowning. And I, that's
0: what I didn't get about this thing. Why didn't they just take the homeless guy and drown him?
1: <laughs> because that wouldn't been cool.
0: Well, I mean, it was he was. You're at war. You got to take certain measures, and you well, got a homeless guy eating food filled with rat poison. Well, so
1: Spilsbury don't... said that uh, he told them that you know the problem isn't bodies because this is during Second well, World yeah, War. Well, yeah, that's war. true. They had, all they, kinds they had of bodies. a lot of bodies, especially with the you know the uh, uh, raids on London and so forth. But you had to have a body that would appear that be had to be one of military age, right? Yeah. And he had to be a body that, um, whose death could be concealed because if, if yes. they did an autopsy and found the guy died of a gunshot wound or something right. else, it would blow the whole scheme. So they had to have someone that they could—now, fortunately, um, the Spanish—well, uh, they still are—primarily Roman Catholics— and they were at the time they were not very big. They had they were pretty superstitious about postmortems and even doing yeah. autopsies. So Still the th- are actually. So the thought was, they're probably not going to go over this with a fine tooth comb. Right. Comb especially
0: because they had really. Spain buries more people alive than any other country. I did Still. not know yeah, that. Yeah, because they're suspicious of those post mortem. I don't believe that. But anyway. Yeah, they buried, it was like 1,100 last year in Spain alone. Uh. They got buried alive. Oh, really? It's a horrible You're, you're, thing. you're full horrible of information.
1: Thing, um, but anyway, so they had that going for them.
0: If you're ever going to die, don't do it in Spain, Timmy.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, it doesn't sound like you have to even die. You can just be like walking around and they'll bury you. <laughs> you yeah, be just, like on the yeah they just on the it's tube like, or whatever Monty
0: python bring out your dead no i'm fine
1: <laughs> no, i'm fine uh so what they needed to make this work of course corner was a body that they could
0: manipulate
1: yes, bo- in any way they wanted a body right and like uh, i said uh, this was at the height of world war ii so dead bodies were not in short supply yeah but
0: they couldn't have one that was all burned up and
1: Right, right. You they know, had to have. The it right. had to look
0: like it was burned up from the plane crash. If and it had to else. be
1: of a, a British citizen who was a right age. And I mean, a lot of things had to be perfect. And, and think
0: this guy was a homeless guy during wartime. Now think about this, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Think about this. If there's ever a time when you know it's a it's a seller's market for labor. Yes. It's wartime.
1: Yeah, but he had a problem with the drink yeah We're but gonna, you know we'll I'm, get into that a i'm
0: just bit. saying he had his opportunity yeah i
1: know yeah there was a lot yeah. of employment opportunities around but he had a problem staying sober but anyway so that's what happens you don't put
0: down that devil juice you end up washing up ashore uh, yeah. in spain. spain yeah
1: exactly so not only did they need a body they needed a story they needed to create a fictional character uh so the the body had to be of a certain age. It had to be a military age. It had to be male. It had to be something where it, he, did, uh, the cause of death could not be easily discerned. And he couldn't have any family because, you know, people are picky. People ask funny. questions. Yeah, they're funny about that. Yeah,
0: but, you know, the British aren't. The British really aren't. They would have just said, you know what, I, he did it for England.
1: Yeah, but then, you know, people talk, and then you had, you had this all had to be hush-hush. It had to be hush-hush. But yeah, because remember, if you get this wrong— then they know yeah, you're. Going then for they're Sicily. all waiting. Then, yeah. then
0: you you pull up the you drive up to the curb of Sicily and they're all yeah, waiting for you. Yeah, you got the whole German army yeah. there, exactly.
1: So um, this Montague, is intelligence officer, he went to talk to the uh, head uh, coroner of the Northern District of London, uh, and you know the coroner said, "Hey, you know this isn't. this may sound easy, but you know not too many people die that don't have some next to Ken." And, you know, you're talking about finding someone of the military age who's not already serving in the military right. because, you know, they've called up everyone they can call yeah. up. Uh, so he said, you know, this is not going to be easy as it sounds, but if I find someone that may be suitable, I'll let you know. So this gets us to Glenn, uh, Glendale Michael. I'm going to tell you a little bit about his background, and then the colonel is going to discuss how this plan came together. So Glendale Michael was a thirty four year old homeless Welshman living in london uh not much went well in Glendale's life. He was born in a town I'm probably going to butcher this i'm you know I'm certain i'm gonna butcher this abergord Abergardie i guess so, so, two hundred people in England laughing at us. i right know now. in Wales, in South Wales. Well. On January 4th, 1909, he was the son of Thomas Michael and his wife, Sarah. Glendale's father was an abusive alcoholic who worked in the coal mines. His mother did her best uh, to properly raise Glendale and his two older brothers. The family was dirt dirt poor, and Glendale had to leave school in the third grade to work alongside his father in the coal mines. So, Glendale was illiterate.
0: Okay. You know what kept him from being a serial killer? What? Just his mama not dressing him up like yes, a girl. Yes, exactly. He had all the things in place. Yeah. Somebody would have hit him in the head with a shovel. Yeah. Had the head injury, the abusive father. Yeah.
1: He wasn't but, a serial killer. Though. But he
0: didn't get dressed up. So. Well,
1: and this goes along with it, too. His father committed suicide when he was 15. You know how he committed suicide? Uh-huh. He stabbed himself in the heart.
0: That's a way to do it.
1: Yeah, it's a messy you, way to do it. You, not really, because you, once
0: you die real quick like that, mm-hmm. you uh, you know, if you pierce your heart, your bl- heart stops pumping. Yeah, so you ain't got blood all over the place. All right, I'll keep that in mind. I mean, if you open up your wrists or whatnot, yeah,
1: an you know, artery, you gotta wait till you bleed to death. Yeah, well, this his dad when he was fifteen stabbed himself in the heart. So it's a real sad story. I mean, this guy's life is a, just one tragedy after another. So. um He leaves home uh, in the early 20s. But it had a happy ending, apparently. (laughs) Well, no, not not for him. Uh, When he got older, he traveled all over Europe in the 1920s and 1930s, working mostly in odd jobs. He developed a drinking problem. He worked in the shipyards in Portsmouth, uh, England, and as a general laborer in London. He never married or had any children. He worked mostly just to support his alcohol addiction, um, Isn't that pretty much what you do? do yeah, me? basically. If he wasn't working, um, he was drinking. Uh, he started drinking at the age of twelve in the coal mines, and really never stopped. Uh, by the age of thirty, he started to you know starting to see the effects of his heavy drinking. He would have terrible headaches, and he would have difficulties. He would get DTS if he would go drinking, even with uh, without drinking even for a day. Um, he moved into a flat in London um, around this time, but he was evicted for not paying rent. So he was homeless. Uh, Glendare um, was even rejected by the British Army. Now, this is in World War II when they're taking That's almost, pretty rough when they're taking anybody. Yeah. They're, they're taking 19, old ladies off the street. Yeah, mm. 1939, when the war broke out between uh, Germany and England, the Allies, uh, he volunteered, but he was rejected because of his, you know, his... His alcohol. Yeah. So in 1940... <laughs> it ain't good to give somebody drunk all the time a gun, Timmy. No. Although, it might, I don't know, You dealing with battles and stuff, it might be a...
0: Well, you know, that's what I always thought is that we should have people... If we're going to fight a war, get people with nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, you you grab whatever, the
1: homeless, the whatever... Uh, you know, I, th- they got I, think, to lose. I think you should send all women. And i tell you oh, what.
0: No, I'll tell you what. And you send all women mm-hmm. that got the PMS, Timmy, mm-hmm. and you just give them a spork.
1: Oh, and even if you lose, then you say, well, big deal. You beat a bunch of women.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm saying you want to wipe out ISIS mm-hmm. tomorrow? You send a bunch of angry women over
1: there. Team Brandy, could probably <laughs>
0: team Brandy. You send them over and just give them, just give them oh, dull
1: spoons. Oh, they'd be surrendering. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, ISIS they would be,
0: be. There'd be no ISIS because um, they'd all convert to Christian, uh, oh, Satanism.
1: Yeah. yeah, and there'd be no more, you know, this radical the, exactly, stuff. Exactly, exactly. No more terrorism because. Uh, but then you'd have to worry about, you know. Well, like, then
0: they'd be yeah. worshiping Satan and running yeah. around naked. Yeah, and you have and, to worry
1: about. Brandy team, Brandy then. Yeah, taking over the world. Anyway, so Glendale never married. He had a sad life. Um, He was rejected by the British Army, as I said, in 1939. In 1940, his mother died. He he was really close to his mother. She died, so he took her death very hard. You know, crawling further into the bottle. He was homeless. He was friendless. He was depressed. He had no money. He drifted – yeah, it does sound like me. Do they? He drifted around London where he lived on the streets. Eventually – Do they uh, have
0: country music over in England, Timmy? Yeah, I think so. Because this guy sounded like a country song Wasn't Slim there. Whitman, wasn't yeah, he a country singer? I, I believe he was. Wasn't he British? I don't think he was British. Oh, but he was popular in Britain.
1: Yeah, he was popular over there, yeah. Yeah, sing Boxcar Willie, too. <laughs> okay, so uh, anyway, uh, he was homeless, friendless, depressed, no money. Anyway, basically my life. He was living on the streets. He found work for a while at a munitions plant. Um, But on Christmas Eve, 1942, all these bad things always happen on Christmas Eve, if you remember. (laughs) Charles Dickens, like. (laughs) So on Christmas Eve, 1942, he was fired from his job for drunkenness. Um, By his boss, Mr. Scrooge? (laughs) I guess. (laughs) He was soon again evicted from his small flat of the following month. So now he's homeless. He has no, He has no. you know, his, his mother's dead. His father's dead. He's homeless. He has no job. He's starving to death. Uh, he has really nothing to live for. January 28, 1943.
0: See his landlady. She said, I don't believe you're looking for no job.
1: <laughs> I seen you <laughs> leaning, leaning up against the post. <laughs> but I'm tired. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I... Um, on January 28, 1943, Glendale Michael swallowed rat poisoning. He was found in an abandoned warehouse, seriously ill from in, in, ingesting rat poisoning that contained phosphorus. Two days later, he died at St. Pancras Hospital. Uh, St. Pancras? St. Pancras, P-A-N-C-R-A-S. How would you say that? Pancras? Pancreas, same pan. There's a saint called pancreas. I guess
0: I don't. Is that know. I
1: bet Lady Beverly would know.
0: Saint or- Saint Liver, Saint Kidney. He was
1: found in a warehouse. He had collapsed in this warehouse, and uh, the death may have been suicide. Although there's an alternative theory that he was just desperate for food, and they had someone had put in the warehouse had put out uh, bread with uh laced with uh, rat poisoning to you know to kill the rats. And that he had because he was hungry, he had ate the bread. In any event,
0: um, That's a rough way to go for suicide. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, you, there's it, a million it, other yeah, ways you yeah, could pick that it a lot it, easier.
1: Apparently all, it's not a pleasant all death. your um, all your uh, vital organs start shutting down mm-hmm. pretty quickly and you Yeah, it, it it sounded pretty gruesome when I was reading about it. The coroner who conducted the autopsy happened to be the coroner who had spoken to Montague, the British intelligence officer, a couple weeks before, Who's, remember, I said he would tell him that he would look for a suitable body. Mm-hmm. Well, here you have Glendale Michael. He has no family. Ooh, ooh, ooh,
0: ooh, ooh. I, believe I, have, I believe I have just a man for
1: you. I've got the man for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he contacts. You got the cash. I got the body. <laughs> he contacts um, um, uh, the British intelligence officer, Montague, uh, and and told him, hey, I think I've got a suitable body. So you're going to tell us what happens well, to this, Colonel?
0: British intelligence—they now had a new recruit. Another, another—they added a member
1: of the he team. Could, Timmy, he could not get in when he was alive. He,
0: but now he's in the British intelligence corps, yes. Timmy, and so they oh, have yeah. a new recruit in Glendor Michael. Now the British intelligence had a suitable body; they needed to give him a new identity. Glendor Michael soon became Captain, Acting Major William. Bill Martin of the Royal Marines, Timmy.
1: Yeah, this is really cool. They create this whole fictional character.
0: There was a whole history and paper trail created for him. He was officially born in 1907 in Cardiff, Wales. See, I can get those English towns right Yeah, you got it. Well, you yeah. had an easy one. <laughs> Cardiff. You didn't have Auburn. Cardiff, whatever. Assigned to headquarters, combined operations. Now, as a Royal Marine, Timmy, He, uh, Major Martin, came under Admiralty authority, and would be easy to ensure that all official inquiries and messages about his death would be routed through the Naval Intelligence Division. Yeah, so they had some. So they had they had control where the information was flowing. Uh, The arrangements would the army's arrangements were different and much harder to control. Now here's here's where you get it. The rank of acting major made him senior enough to be entrusted with sensitive material, but not prominent enough that. People would know him, right? You know what I mean. Right. I mean, you got. There wouldn't be a dossier. You got Rommel, you yeah. know, and people like that, Guderian. Uh-huh. You're going to know who they are, exactly.
1: So he would. They, the German intelligence wouldn't have a dossier. They wouldn't, yeah, on wouldn't this, have anything on him. But he, yet he would. He would. His rank would be high enough that he could be. He could be. It, it's feasible that he would be carrying these secret documents.
0: Yeah, and and he was actually a captain. Acting major,
1: mm-hmm. so he wasn't really a major. You know right, how in wartime, wartime you get, you get
0: these right. uh, brief. Um. So anyway, the name Martin was chosen because there were several Martins of about the same rank in the Royal Marines, and to build up the story, they provided provided him with a fiance named Pam because why should he be happy?
1: Now, it's interesting here. I don't know how much you get into Pam. I think you get a little bit. Going. Uh, go ahead. I'm well, going. he
0: carried a snapshot of Pam, who was actually a clerk with British intelligence named Nancy Je- Jean Leslie.
1: And this is not in your—remember I said that um, Montague, the uh, intelligence officer, mm-hmm. he sort of took on the life of this guy yeah. he created. Well, his wife was in—his wife and kids were evacuated. He was Jewish. His wife and kids were evacuated to the United States when the war t- started, and he lived okay. with his mom. So he started going around cre- living this life of uh, Captain Martin, this guy that he created, so much so that he was sending, he was dating this um, uh, lady who worked with the intelligence officer named Pam, Uh he was like they were going out to dinner and stuff. That they were almost like they're falling in love. Mm-hmm. She wasn't falling in love with this officer. She was falling in love with this fictitious with character. Fictitious guy. And yeah. see,
0: that's um, that's what I do basically, and it works with the Mrs. Colonel because I tell her, you know, at some point they may call me up to fight ISIS. Yes. You know, I might have to take on Syria. I might have to take. You all, never know. When you I know might that. have to take on Putin himself. Yes. You know, so if I got these, you know, these girlfriends over here and girlfriends over there, it's yeah. strat- strategy. Love your country, Mrs. Colonel. Yes. Love your country.
1: Well, not, not and not only you. Going, you may have to fight ISIS and and so in Russia, mm-hmm. you, you might have to fight Ali, which is oh, <laughs> yeah, that's even scarier. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, I'm going to need about eight girlfriends for that one. Ali's what, what do you figure, Allie? I, she's I, very I've dangerous. Seen, I've seen pictures of her. She looks like she... I don't know how tall she is. That's what's scaring me. Yeah. Because if she's more than 5'8", you know um, she's... Gonna, she...
1: I, I think she's deadly either way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm just hoping that you I You know, I can... all
1: those people down in Australia are deadly. They're,
0: they're... they're I mean, everything around them is deadly, and they yeah. survive. Snakes, that place is kangaroos. Yeah, I mean, you got... Sharks. I've said this before. Everything in Australia is... Australia as a, con- as a country is designed to kill you. I mean, it's just designed <laughs> so to kill you. So the people who
1: live there,
0: they're surviving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, zombies could not survive right. in Australia. They're badass but these people just walk around I mean the cyclone did you see what Ali posted on her page when they had the cyclone in yes, Australia yes she's like ah mate gotta get an umbrella now you know <laughs> I, gotta that walk. was the worst Australian accent ever <laughs> <laughs> gotta walk to the gotta walk to the grocery with an umbrella it's raining a bit mate <laughs> so uh yeah they don't they just don't care they're
1: pretty badass
0: they are badass and, and the Brits are much like them I mean yes. they've been so, through so much stuff that they don't, it doesn't bother them. When, I guess. No, when they you, keep
1: that stiff upper lip. I mean, you know, they went through the the blitz. The blitz, World War One. I. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they lost
0: a the whole generation in World War One. Yeah, yeah.
1: Then they, you know, twenty years later, they're back.
0: they're well, back fighting it again. The yeah. whole the cities are getting yeah. bombed, and they're like, "Well, we'll just okay, we'll
1: sleep in the subway. That's cool.
0: You yeah. know, I ain't got no problem with that." Can
1: yeah, you can imagine be, here? I mean, people would be so would be bitching so much. I, you know,
0: I don't. I just don't. I don't know how we beat the
1: British. I tough, don't. Like how did Canada. we ever beat the I British? Know. I think we got lucky. Uh, well, I think we were tougher.
0: We were a tougher breed then. Yeah, but so anyway. Well, we I
1: mean, further away too. I mean, yeah, the supply lines you have to maintain. A, and and I think the these were to do.
0: these were the kind of kind of uh, these were not the tough British people that they sent over to fight
1: us. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, they just kind of they're. They sent their
0: uh if they would have sent the Australian Regiment or yeah, the yeah. New Zealand I'll tell you another group is the New Zealanders. They're, oh, crazy yeah, they're as tough hell too yep, they're tough. Um but anyway, you're talking about this relationship they had. Also included uh, he had two love letters and a jeweler's bill. He now he carried this snapshot of Pam. Yeah. Okay. They, That's they, what we yeah, were talking yeah, about. Yeah, we're talking
1: about what he has on his body.
0: Right? Yeah. Who was a clerk with the British intelligence, her name was Nancy Jean Leslie. Um, Two love letters and a jeweler's bill dated April 19, 1943 from the exclusive S.J. Phillips for a diamond engagement ring costing 53 pounds, which would be quite the pretty penny back then, Timmy.
1: Yeah, it was uh, actually very expensive. I think now it would be—I forget what they said, but I saw the documentary on this, and I think it was like $10,000 or something. So it it was obviously he went in debt to buy this ring. Now, it was interesting because they— the the receipt was authentic, right? Right. But they don't believe they, they they went and investigated it, you know, today, and they found that the receipt was authentic. But they don't believe that the British uh, intelligence agency actually bought, bought a the ring. ring. Um, mm-hmm. They just got the receipt. They just got a receipt but, for it. Yeah. Um, they don't think that anyone in the company was in on it, so they don't know how they were able to obtain <laughs> they this. They just well, They just went in and it. That's why they're they, the intelligence The they they They're
0: smart people. Well, the ring was described on the invoice as being a single diamond ring, small diamond shoulders with an engraving two Pam from WM14443. In keeping with his rank, he was giving some good quality underwear, Timmy, At the time, extremely difficult to obtain during rationing. Now, how'd you like to live in time when there was rationing underwear? Well,
1: the quality underwear, though, by someone of his rank.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. He had had those, so, you know, because today, just today, I got on underwear, Timmy, I told you. It's like the underwear from, it's the underwear of the gods, really. It's made of this brushed cotton, and it feels like, like I said, it feels like you got just tiny millions of little tiny
1: angels holding your junk up there. Well, they, so he it's had some nights. Nice, they put some night. they gave him some nice underwear. He didn't have the wool underwear at the moment. No, he had n- nicer underwear than Glendary or Michael probably was wearing when <laughs> yeah. he ate the rat poison.
0: I'd imagine Glendary or Michael was going commando by that point.
1: Yeah, probably, probably so. But they end up getting the underwear from a uh, professor in— uh, over uh, that also worked for M5, which is the British intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, that he ended up being the one giving up his underwear for this, <laughs> you know, for God and for the Queen and God and country. Or I've
0: king, given I've given up more for the, our country than. Yes. Um, So anyway, honest person was also a. Now we'll talk about what he had on him.
1: Right, because they're getting his body together. Yeah, because they want to to fool again. Mm -hmm. They want to fool the Germans, right? Then what would a uh, the man? What would a guy
0: have on him if you caught him? Exactly. So honest person was also a pompous letter from his father, a letter from the family lawyer, and a letter from Ernest Whitley Jones, joint general manager of Lloyd's Bank, demanding a payment of an overdraft of seventy nine pounds. So he he was a little bit of a deadbeat.
1: <laughs> so, but but again, this is things that a normal person would probably have on at least then. Now, of course, mm-hmm. with you know uh, everyone doing everything electronically, maybe not. But back in the day, uh, if you yeah, had some, he would have had
0: his iPhone and everything. Yeah, exactly, it it. exactly. Now there were books. There was a book of stamps, a silver cross, and a Saint Christopher medallion, a pencil stub, keys. A used two-penny bus ticket, ticket stubs from a London theater. Hmm. A bill for four nights lodging at the Naval or Military Club.
1: Again, this is all fictitious, right? Now,
0: what this is, is where they almost made a mistake. A receipt from Geeves Depar- Department Store for a new shirt. Now, this was an error, me, And because it was for cash, and officers never paid cash at Geeves. They bought it on credit. Hmm but the germans did not catch this now all these documents were on authentic stationery or billheads the dates of the london ticket stubs and lodging bill indicated that mr major martin had left london on april 24 if his body washed ashore on april 30th presumably after several days at sea then he must have flown from britain and crashed at sea to make it even more believable they decided to suggest he was a bit careless His ID card was marked as a replacement for one that had been lost and has passed to combined operations headquarters it expired a few weeks before his departure and had not been renewed.
1: Yeah, they didn't want to make it too perfect. But then this
0: last touch carried an element of risk with it, Timmy. Mm -hmm. Um, As the Nazis might be suspicious of a careless man having been entrusted with sensitive documents. That makes sense. In fact, this was probably one of the keys for the success. After the war, the chief intelligence officer of the, officer of the Nazis, Walter Schellenberg, mm-hmm. they caught him because his papers were perfect. Timmy, yeah,
1: that's and what I And the soldier
0: I mean. who checked them was suspicious because, but after and during the war, nobody, because of the conditions, had full, perfect, undamaged papers. It's kind of like I heard this, um, an intelligence officer from, oh, I don't know, I believe he was Jordan and whatever. Mm-hmm.
2: to find out if it's right for you
0: he was he kind of made a joke and i think i've said this before but he said it, he was serious but he said you know the problem with you americans is y'all have perfect teeth hmm. and uh when they, when you try to get into the intelligence agencies and everything else and you're trying to act like you're nobody in the world no very few countries and because you know how it is here timmy i have three kids right there are three boys. Right. Four You're kids. But the three boys, as soon as you go to the dentist, they tell you they need braces. Yeah. I mean, as soon as now, every single kid needs braces. And Americans tend to have, you know, mm-hmm. teeth that are falsely corrected.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, so they would be. Uh, wh- whereas, when, when you say whereas if you're or, if you're an, uh you're going undercover as uh, a member of ISIS or a member yeah. of, uh, in a country where they might not have such good dental care, uh, yeah, that you're could not going to show
0: up looking like Matt, Brad Pitt or right. George Clooney with right. perfect smiles, right? So I mean, and, I see you know, what you're saying. Yeah, that's I mean, it's kind of a dead giveaway sometimes. So. While the cover identity was created, the false documents were also being created. It was important that the documents appear to come from the highest level, Timmy, mm-hmm. so that there will be no question of the supposed senders being misinformed. The main document was a personal letter from Archie Nye, Lieutenant General Sir Archibald Nye, Vice Chief of the Imperial Staff. He got a he got a introduction longer than mine.
1: It's interesting because and I you know, if I'm stepping on your story, I'm sorry, but They tried to write this letter, right? And they kept trying Mm -hmm. to write it, and they couldn't get it quite right. The intelligence agency. So you know what they finally did? What's that? They had him write the letter himself. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. How would you write this letter? And then he wrote it.
0: Yeah, the main document was a personal letter from Archie and I. Um, After much drafting, they just decided that he should just draw it up himself Mm -hmm. um, to cover the required points. Now, it covered several sensitive subjects, such as the unwanted, Award of Purple Heart Medals by U.S. forces to British servicemen serving with them. And the appointment of a new commander of the Guard's Brigade. I guess the British didn't want Purple Hearts.
1: But the thing was, they were trying to address a lot of different issues in it. And then, oh, yeah, by the way. Yeah.
0: Well, this is <laughs> We're just, landing in Greece. We found, Yeah. We found <laughs> out, you know, we, we're going to overload you with information. Yeah, and we're
1: going we're to give you seven different points. Yeah. And one of them, one of them being a giveaway that the mm-hmm. invasion is going through Greece, not Sicily.
0: Well, on the spe- s- specific topic, to me, mm-hmm. of Allied plans in the Mediterranean, the letter referred to Operation Husky as sometimes Mrs. Colonel calls um, whatever she's doing, Operation Husky. Oh, thing. really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I've never heard of We had that thing on the Facebook page about length and girth, but, you know, sometimes she calls me Colonel Husky. I see. But anyway,
1: I digressed. Yeah, you digressed quite a bit.
0: On the (laughs) the specific topic of Allied plans in the Mediterranean, the letter referred to Operation Husky as the invasion of Greece by troops from Egypt and Libya under General Henry Maitland Wilson, Commander-in-Chief Middle East.
1: Yeah, so this is in a body of a letter, like I said, that included... Kind of
0: buried in a fine print Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They didn't want to make it too obvious, right?
0: Yeah, no, they, they're putting all this stuff, all this information out there, and then like,
1: oh, by the you know, yeah. in this information... Oh, by the way, we're invading Greece.
0: You know, and these these Germans are reading it like, why do we care about these Purple Hearts? Scratch that part out, you know, but but look here, look here. Yeah, and yeah. They're running it like the yeah. hair's on fire, but
1: we'll yeah. get to that. Now, we're not going to talk about the invasion, but uh, yeah. we'll probably be eating gyros instead of uh,
0: pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> No, I think we'd be eating sauerkraut. I don't think Greece was ever going to win the war.
1: <laughs> no, I mean like going on through the invasion. Oh, we'll okay, be eating, okay, okay. We will be. You. We'll be eating gy- gyros, right? <laughs> right. I,
0: I suppose. To me. What? That's... I got lost on that. Metaphor. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, the letter also mentioned a second attack, Operation Brimstone, which uh, was the cover.
1: Again, this for, is all bogus. Which
0: the cover target was Sicily, yeah. This implied that Alexander's forces in Tunisia would invade Sardinia, that being the only other plausible target. Nye added that we stand a good chance of making the Germans think we are going for Sicily. And the Germans were then like,
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: oh thank Well, you not to be all the Germans. To... Yeah,
1: we'll get to it. But not ever all the Germans bought it. But the, the one that counted yeah. bought it. All right.
0: Since the Germans missed uh, letters dead soldiers carried on a body before it was decided since the germans missed letters, dead soldiers carried the yeah remember when on we talked about the it was,
1: when they how they hatched this idea because yeah. uh, the soldier had they had actually found that you know a soldier had died with some documents yeah, with some documents on he it. had it on his body and because the uh, uh spaniards were not you know they didn't want to do autopsies yeah they didn't find it so so
0: spain's just some lazy bastards so
1: so they decide okay we've got to make this obvious and they do that by giving this guy this uh fictitious guy captain or uh, yeah captain uh, martin they give him a briefcase with a like with a chain attached to it Mm -hmm. like you see like in the old spy movies
0: yeah they had the shit tattooed on his chest and Yes. Yeah, because you can't count on no Spaniards to catch things, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't oh, have. A, I mean, crabs? they had a.
1: They were allies with. I mean, they were friendly with Germans, but they didn't really have a dog in the fight. Right, they didn't. It was, you know, you'll get to it. continue.
0: It, it was going to also be necessary to ensure that the body and the briefcase with the documents would be recovered together. The team first thought of having the handle clutched in the corpse's hand, held in place by rigor mortis, but the rigor would probably wear off and the briefcase would drift away. The team therefore equipped Major Martin with a leather-covered chain, such as was used by bank and jewelry couriers to secure their cases against snatching. The chain unobtrusively runs down the sleeve to the case. British officers did not use such chains, but the Germans might not know that. Nor be certain that a real Major Martin would not use one for this special job, so there was no alternative. It seemed unlikely that the Major would keep the bag secured to his wrist during the long flight from Britain, so the chain was looped around the belt of his trench coat. He
1: had a trench coat. He had to be cool. Uh,
0: You know he had to be cool, Mm -hmm. and he was probably flashing people from Mm -hmm. time to time. I would flash people if I had a trench
1: coat. Yeah, well, why? Well, you know, what's well, the point I, of getting a trench coat? Yeah, you, you know, if you're going to wear clothes, and if on you're going to
0: get a trench coat, it's got to be because I got one actually. Mm-hmm. Too. It's got to be a London Fog. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you you ain't cool if you ain't got a London Fog. It's like
1: having a member's only jacket. Oh yeah, yeah. You're now the, with, you're the last member.
0: <laughs> I'm the last surviving member. Uh-huh. Now with the body and documents in place, British intelligence had to get the body of now Captain Martin to the coast of Spain. Ideally, this would be by plane as the body was supposed to be the victim of a plane crash. However, logistics and possible detection made this impossible, so a submarine was chosen as a method of delivering the corpse to the region just off the coast of Spain. During the trip, the body was kept in a special canister to keep it fresh. Yeah,
1: this uh, submarine was stationed in Scotland, so they had to get the body from uh, London to Scotland. One of the uh, top racing drivers in in England at the time was also an M5 agent. Mm-hmm. So they have they had him drive at top speed, and it was really funny because this Montague and Chardonnay they were in the back with the corpse, mm-hmm. and and they're a, in this in, the, in this uh, ambulance or whatever, uh, Hearst, I guess, and this guy is like flying, you know, he's just like driving all. I think he drove like ten straight hours or something. And, you know, just hauling ass from London up to uh north of Scotland where this uh where yeah. this um, his
0: body ain't getting no fresher, I, yeah.
1: Exactly. And that was a the problem. They had dry ice. It was in,
0: like weekend at Bernie's.
1: Yeah, they had dry <laughs> ice in the uh, in this container that they kept and no one on that on that submarine knew of the body was in that container except for the captain. So they limited you know, the n- number of people who knew about this operation, they kept it at a, you know, they kept it as to a, a limited number of folks.
0: Well, they get this submarine outside, right a few miles off the Spanish coast. The officers on board opened the canister fitted with Major Martin. They put a life jacket on him and attached his briefcase with the papers in it. One officer read the 39th Psalm although the burial service was not specified in orders.
1: Yeah, they did give him a little burial. They did there. give him a burial at yeah. sea. Yeah, the which body, is probably more than...
0: He was ever going to get yeah, real life, yeah. Yeah,
1: Glenmire, Glenmail, yeah. So Michael the
0: was body was gently pushed into the sea where the tide would bring it shore, Timmy. Half a mile to the south, a rubber dinghy was thrown overboard to provide additional evidence of the crash.
1: They, the spot they chose uh, off the coast of Spain was particularly uh, interesting. It, there was a uh, SS agent there that was known to be very, very thorough in all of uh, in gathering intelligence. And uh, they knew he worked that particular area. So they knew that getting the body at that particular area, that if there was any information to get, that that, that, that agent, that German he intelligence. He was going to figure it out. He, he wasn't was so going miss it. Yeah. yeah, he was going to get it.
0: Well, when the bodies are found, was found there, uh, oh, the canister were then taken out to sea and riddled with machine gun fire, so it would then sink. Now, when the body was found, Spanish officials reported it to the Germans as expected. The Germans fell for the rouge hook, line, and sinker, Timmy. Although, mm-hmm. Joseph Goebbels a mm-hmm. little, little suspicious of this. He had doubts about the information, which he noted in his private diary, but he would not express openly.
1: Now, what happened there, Colonel, just to add to the story, the British knew that the Germans monitored their communications. Mm -hmm. So they communicated with the consulate in Spain, the British consulate in Spain, to say, hey, we got to get this body and we got to get you find us if you happen this,
0: to run across a body um could you let me know yeah no yeah. they
1: they you know the you know so they're thinking the germans are list, they know the germans are listening in germans don't know that they know yeah. that they're listening in so they're telling their consulate in spain get this body get the sensitive inf- information that he's carrying and get it back here to uh to us here because it's you know, there's very important information there that's vital to the war effort. Yeah. Well, the Germans now hear that. the Germans that, are jumping up and down. Yeah, they're saying, let's get it first. Mm. And what they did, Colonel, they put an eyelash in this envelope that contained that the letter that you're speaking of with the battle plans, the fake battle plans. They put an eyelash. And when they recovered that information from Spain, of course, Spain gives the body back to them after the Germans have already looked right. at it. They know they can go in, and they can see that the eyelash was no longer in there, so they know that the plan worked. Plus, they were monitoring German communications, so they knew that the Germans were aware that they had got this information. And the, the problem was, the one of the things— So that, they
0: gave this body back?
1: Yeah, yeah. They give the, No, the body is buried there in Spain. Oh, okay. But they give the—, the his, to, yeah, to the, the British, they, yeah. they give the information back to the British. But the one thing that— um, that almost uh spoiled this whole plan was all of a sudden spain was reluctant to give the information over to the germans (laughs) so had they had they not had you know Mm -hmm. fine but the germans were so insistent that they needed this that they taught they called you know the top people in berlin got a hold Mm -hmm. of the people in madrid and they say hey we really need this information finally they relented but the British was concerned that the Spani- Spaniards were not going to <laughs> we're not going to give them the information. So that's kind of crazy.
0: We're on your side, in here. Um, well, Goebbels was suspicious, but he never said anything. But Hitler was convinced of the veracity of the bogus documents, which reinforced his own concerns for the region. He disagreed with Mussolini, who believed Sic- Sicily would be uh, the invasion point. And insisted that any attack against Sicily, um, or any invasion, would come straight through Sicily. Now, German defensive efforts were substantially redirected. Reinforcements were sent to Greece, Sardinia, and Corsica yeah, instead Hitler, of Sicily. Hitler bought, this,
1: Hitler bought this hook, line, and sinker. Hitler was
0: not a military genius. Yeah, I mean, if you look at i mean you Some know they the had at,
1: at, the, at the time they, they had their you know the, the war starting to go south for the germans mm. in uh, on the eastern front at this point
0: you know you gotta be and i and i would have loved to been there when when he found out i mean you just and 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 hit this little bunker there when he found out they
1: all showed up in sicily like i <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> I. well and it was like weeks i mean they were like a couple of weeks and they, they still wouldn't move troops you know, the, the, they have allies landing mm-hmm. on the boot or, or landing on Sicily. They still think it's a rouge. They're yeah. still convinced they, uh, that yeah, they're going to go just, through. Yeah, sea. they're yeah. going
0: to be coming through. Now, they even sent Rommel uh, to Greece to assume overall command for this. For an invasion, it just would not come. On July 9, 1943, the allies invaded Sicily in Operation Husky. The Germans remained convinced for two more weeks that the main attacks would be in Sardinia and Greece and kept forces out of action until it was too late. Now with a foothold in Europe, the Allies quickly advanced through Italy. The Germans, who were now already struggling with the Soviet Union on the Eastern Front, now, had a two front war, Timmy. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good because they were not doing good on the Eastern Front. No. Uh, which the, was the Western Front for the Russians, as you know. It, really it really was. It really was.
1: But yeah, now, yeah, <clears throat> and you know, uh, they're having problems with the uh, uh, Russian, and Soviet Union in the East, and now they've got to deal with uh, their ally, Italy, mm. uh, now being <laughs> invaded fr- just fr- fr- by know. the Allies.
0: you got to know that people sitting around
1: what the shaking fuck their
0: head like no i'm I, I i never believed that
1: i remember i told you i thought it was all yeah and you know well you know especially after the war you've got a lot of people who would <laughs> yeah. say you know who blamed it all on hitler and not to not to you know uh excuse Hitler, but he didn't do it by himself. Hold on.
0: Are you being Hitler's lawyer? No, man? no, no. I'm just saying You never thought you'd find yourself defending no, Hitler. No, I'm just
1: saying the man didn't do it by himself. He had a whole country of people willing to go along with him, especially when the war was going well. You talk about talk about being devil's advocate to me. No, I'm
0: just uh, him No, no, I'm not excusing like, him at all. I'm just like saying he
1: right? did not he didn't, you know, he didn't kill 6 million Jews by himself. He had well, some that's help. true, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so what you saying?
1: Is <laughs> what I'm saying <laughs> is it was a colossal fuck up. <laughs> what you're saying is Hitler Bad guy, but yeah. not so bad. <laughs> no, he was a bad. He was definitely a bad guy. Well, you but know, he had he he had a lot of accomplices, is what I'm saying. He had a lot of. And, and it, s- it's funny after the war, everyone was opposed to him.
0: It, everybody was opposed
1: to yeah. You know, but the 1932 other thing is to, to 1945. Oh, he was the man. He was the man. Yeah, exactly. The other
0: thing that's really funny, you know, the great hypocrisy here is is that we talk about Hitler and talk about Hitler, but. You know, Stalin probably killed three times as many people as Hitler did. Right. You know what I mean. Well,
1: I mean, he, he was Hitler with more opportunity. Yeah. I mean, had Hitler had won the war, his the plan was to starve the well. Slavs yeah, he would have killed as many too. Yeah, but, yeah.
0: But I mean, the reality is, he he killed yeah.
1: you know up
0: to twenty million. They people. Were
1: not, uh, they were not. They were neither one of them were very nice people.
0: <laughs> they weren't. Yeah, they weren't. No, they were not. <laughs> it was just funny to hear you say, this was no, not. No, it's Hitler's just, <laughs> I mean,
1: it's, you know, after. Yeah, the no, war, he had his advisors. To- you know, everyone's excuse was I was following orders and I was secretly opposed to Heather. Well, no. You know, they, when things were going well, everyone was like, oh, hell yeah. But, uh, you know, at the.
0: Well, in, much like history now, I mean, think of our, our Iraq war. Mm hmm. Everybody now knew that Iraq didn't have weapons of mass destruction. Right, right. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. But no one was speaking up at the time. Yeah. If they did, right, right. And so, there was probably maybe, <clears throat> I think maybe like five percent opposed that in the beginning. Maybe mm-hmm. more, but it was certainly not the number that oppose it today. You know, to look back, hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm just saying. No, Hitler I know it's had had uh, He had, had a lot of advisors and, and a lot of intelligence guys who. Uh, were all, you know, who were not, uh, you know, was not uh, so anti-Nazi at the time. Right.
0: Oh, yeah. No, after that, every, although what's interesting is to watch these documentaries, Timmy, where the guys were Nazis, even SS, and where they just take ownership of what they did. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's kind of interesting to say, well, you know, they were Jews and we hated them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and 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 history and time has given given them a perspective of that was that was wrong, mm-hmm. but they don't try to justify it. They just try to explain that, a, you know, to, at that time, a Jew was not a human. We did not view them as humans. You know what I mean? Right. It mean, it's deep, very interesting was, to watch that. Well, and like
1: I was <clears throat> saying, you know... I As opposed we, to the guys who say... We mentioned this in another podcast at the time. If, you know, if you read the history, if you watch old movies... Uh, you would think that the Gestapo was on every corner. Right. And there were very few Gestapo officers. Yeah. It was the German people themselves who would report and, and file complaints on their neighbors or their, you know, yeah. their co-workers. And it, the Gestapo's uh, job was to file those reports and follow up on them. I mean, not again, not excusing the Gestapo but yeah. they didn't need millions of men. They didn't, need, they, millions they didn't them, right. need millions yeah, they of They only
0: needed a couple in each town. Yeah, because
1: they, they had the people themselves who yeah. were the ones who were, uh, you know, uh, uh, snitching on their fellow but, citizens.
0: Professor Buzz killed the, a good episode on the on the German army proper, the Wormack,
1: yeah. Um on how,
0: you know, the myth of they have pretty clean hands throughout all yeah, this. Yeah, Exactly. And exactly. that was not true at all. And it was and it was um, tr-
1: and not yeah, and it was not only limited to the army. As I said, it was limited to the people, the people it was the course.
0: army, it was yeah. the SS, it was the you know, yeah. the Nazi Party, it was everybody. Yeah.
1: Right. There's a there's a lot of blame to go around when, when you you know, you kill six million a, people. Yeah,
0: kill six million people. You World can't War. do that by yourself. Right. Now the following June, Allied forces obviously landed in Normandy and it was the beginning of the end for the Axis powers, Timmy. But Captain William Martin was buried in Spain with full military honors.
1: Okay, this is our good friend. In, in actuality, was Glendale. Glendale yeah, Michael.
0: Mister. Mister. Glendale. Glendor mm-hmm. Glendor mm-hmm. Martin. Mm-hmm. Michael. Michael. Now, born. It's uh, his headstone reads William Martin, born, twenty nine March nineteen o seven, died. 24 April 1943, beloved son of John Glendor Martin and late Antonia Martin of Cardiff, Wales. Yeah,
1: and that's all fiction, right? I mean, yeah. the, his tombstone was based upon this fictitious character that they made up.
0: Dulce et decorum es pro patria mora.
1: That's a very good R.I.P
0: which translates, that's Latin, Timmy. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you speak Latin. I do
1: not. Only a little um, bit for law school.
0: But well, Colonel known. learned, picked up a little bit of Latin in his you're, travels.
1: You're, you're a very well-rounded individual.
0: Um, it translates to, it is sweet and fitting to die for one's country. Okay.
1: Except the problem is this guy never existed. Yeah, he
0: was dead. But yes. In 1998, however, the British government revealed the body's true identity. To the gravestone was added, Glendor Michael served as William... Major William Martin, R.M.
1: Yes, uh R- and, Royal Marines. So they they put his actual name on the tombstone. Yeah, yeah. In
0: his hometown, Glendor Michael's hometown, of Aberbargoad.
1: Yeah, that's the one I was traveling yeah. with her. In Go ahead and make fun in of South, me,
0: Nicola, for that. In South Wales, South Wales. Mm-hmm. There's a plaque commemorating the, at the local war memorial. It simply states in honor of Glendor Michael. The man who never was.
1: Isn't that something, Colonel? That's a a pretty interesting story. A homeless guy changed the war. A a guy who ate rat poisoning, died, changed the course of
0: history. I thought that was one of our more interesting. And and again, what was nice is you didn't have... uh, Timmy, you know, I believe that we might... This particular episode Mm -hmm. might not have an E beside it. (laughs) And... How how you I, think that happened to me?
1: Uh, we didn't say cock holster. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. Well, we did now.
2: We did
0: now. See, look, now we got the. Yeah. We didn't say. Yeah, we didn't tell somebody to go fuck themselves yeah. we didn't have to yeah use, i mean every other word coming off the page yeah. wasn't, and you don't script those
1: foul language no into no your thing. no no my 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 I scripts mean, are g-rated
0: those just come rolling off the devil's tongue like yeah you well know, like okay. butter.
1: your final thoughts colonel on Glendale- I, thought it was, oh, I thought it was one of Michael. the most
0: interesting things that happened i mean just think Operation about it, how big me. this was is it changed the entire war mm-hmm. because now you're fighting on two fronts. Yes. You know, I mean, yes. he was, he was it, sinking it with the, the Russians. He was not doing well with the Russians. And it but.
1: made the, the invasion of Normandy possible. Exactly. Yeah. And it was expel, it was the beginning beginning of the end, not only for the Nazis, but more immediately, uh, Benito Mussolini. Your yeah. good friend.
0: My good friend. Uh, we
1: have a birthday. Uh, oh, yeah, we do. And it is for our good friend, the beautiful, lovely, and talented Radica. Uh out there. Miss Radica out, out there in, in California. Fresno, California. Mm-hmm. And you've got a special um little birthday greeting I'm like.
0: gonna I'm gonna sing Miss uh Miss uh, uh, Miss Radica uh happy birthday song. Come I'm here.
1: sure she'll love that. Happy birthday to you. Is this in your B G voice? Yeah all the, right. she likes the Bee Gees, me. Happy birthday to you God, happy awful.
0: birthday the radical
1: who's pretty radical happy, radical radical
0: happy 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 birthday to
1: you. Happy birthday, Radica. The very lovely Radica. From the
0: lovely, lovely Fresno, Radica.
1: California. Who you're well, going to marry. your, your I, future you know, bride, Timmy. she keeps shooting me down. She's beautiful. You know, you, I
0: think you can wear her down, Timmy.
1: I don't know. I think you can. I think she's a pretty tough lady. But happy birthday, Radica. We hope you have a wonderful birthday. And thank you for listening. And Colonel, you have some shout outs.
0: Timmy, I got so many shout outs. And, and I, we got so many new people on the page.
1: I'll lay them on me. Let's, let's and, go through the list.
0: You know what let's start with i'm not our, going to
1: interrupt you i'm just going to let you go
0: some of our new people
1: all right well, they're not really new people they're just new to our <laughs> they're new to our page. as history dreams the podcast facebook group if you're not a member please join us we have a lot of weird things happening on that page but it's a lot of fun
0: i we we have had um titty
1: discussions colonel we We've had titty Ab- discussions
0: and titty pictures um, amber
1: croup likes to talk about titties a lot
0: <laughs> amber does love her titties yes but uh, uh, that's okay.
1: That's okay. We 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 are. Uh, we, we are not uh, we're We breast are. Friendly. We are
0: a First Amendment page. We are breast friendly. I, I myself. I was rather disgusted with the whole thing. <laughs> um, I thought that... Uh, and our
1: listeners are like, you know, who are the, not members of the page, have no idea what we're talking about. But we have a lot of discussion. We
0: groups. have a lot of discussion that just leads to places that, yes, if you're a good Christian, you don't want it to lead. Yeah, You know, um,
1: Jen Wicks will take you down the devil's <laughs> she'll
0: take you. She'll take you down the devil's dirt road yes, any day, Timmy. but you don't want to do all right let's get the shout outs let's get the shout outs we got a lovely lovely woman that joined our page Lindsay white hi Lindsay. paula kimes paula jess watford carolyn stoffel um this one just says brandy uc okay breanne stewart Mm -hmm. Uh, mike severson Mm -hmm. carrie amso susan capitano hi susan Kelly Charette, Charles Dent, Tricia Krimposki, Maria Ortez, Christina Maria York, Rachel Cracked, Nick Johnson, Nancy Decker, Virginia Massey, Megan Norsworthy, Navano, Navano is a lovely it. one. Jesselyn Wofford, Adrian Meredith, and Hannah gross Hi, Hannah. So those are all very new people to the page, Tim. Yes,
1: that's History Dweebs, the podcast Facebook group. Please join us. We have a lot of fun.
0: <clears throat> Let's see who we got here now. We'll go through Rebecca Allen. Well, by the
1: way, Rebecca Montanley is a very beautiful woman. Oh, Rebecca? Mm-hmm. Yes, very she's, out,
0: she's a lovely, lovely woman. I think she's
1: from Australia. Isn't she?
0: I cannot, you know, I mean, we have, we have a disproportionately high number of, uh, lesbians i think i think they're well represented
1: we um, love all of our uh, gay and lesbian brothers and sisters
0: no i'm not no i'm no, not I'm saying that saying, in a bad we, way we but have them, you yeah. noticed that i we of seem that. to yeah. have a, yeah. a very diverse group
1: and i love that
0: and we also but we just have i will put us up i know there's shows out there that have you know tons of female listeners mm-hmm. i will put the ladies on our page up Against any ladies on any page,
1: anywhere. Yes, they're very lovely and they're very smart. smart Smartest. The fun.
0: That's what we got. We got the damn funniest Mm -hmm. people you ever seen on the page. Now these women happen to be um, often stunningly beautiful. Yes, but they are very, very funny, very smart. Mm -hmm. Um, And speaking of beautiful, smart, and funny, all wrapped up into one six-foot package, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Miss Tasha
1: Tasha who is in New York City this week she's yes. from California but she was visiting in New York City so Tasha we hope you had a good time
0: and say hello to Miss Ophelia
1: for our, me our lovely mother Ophelia
0: Jeff Gurdley. Hey, Sam Hildebrand Linda, Linda, how you doing?
1: Linda Middleton mm-hmm.
0: uh, Missy Dean Horton, Britton Chris of course Celine, Teresa Slavin Shonda and Larry we got all the Tro bridges
1: wonderful family
0: colton phyllis munson aaron wentz donna curran brian and lisa lawton olivia my jim bolden a woman who i i, I think just uh is, is maybe the perfect per- person on the page timmy who is that the beautiful and lovely cacha
1: I really, uh, I really like Katja. Can you
0: find any flaw with Katja? No.
1: She's very intelligent, she's very sweet. She's a beautiful young lady, and she's she has a great sense of humor. And, and she has a new cat.
0: And a new cat, yeah. Yep. Very cute little cat. Kate with a C McCarthy, Bridget Clavey, Byron Snelling's Denny Max. Our we good have friend, our good friend
1: Denny from Cincinnati. We need to
0: get Denny down here on a podcast. We do. We
1: need to get together all the local Cincinnati listeners and, um,
0: you we know, do we got rachel lynn she's a listener mm-hmm.
1: she's here, not, not in town we mm-hmm. put her on one yeah we get
0: denny Mack, um amber anderson gina spillane trixie stephanie quick cindy and uh, sydney and michael donna hellman um laura o'reilly gabby lewis john cunningham tara bond
1: Jean bond
0: dave lampier down in i believe georgia i believe okay julia miller our lovely 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 maggie glover our poet laureate of our the history Dweebs.
1: yes very talented writer please go to Maggieglover.com and check out her short stories and poems
0: jeff Appel.
1: jeff yes
0: christine
1: bourgeois
0: yes katie moorhead she's lovely i haven't seen her around check in say hi katie i like katie another one i love mary ray just, Mary
1: Ray is a strong advocate of the podcast. She and
0: She's like our we, attorney.
1: She really is. And, uh, you know, if we ever hire an agent, it's going to be Mary yeah, Ray. Yeah, I know. Because she you is get a,
0: on one of those other pages, her, let somebody say something bad about the dweebs. Mary uh, Ray will be she right is, up there Yes.
1: She is uh, great. Thank you, Mary Ray, for you Thank all you, Mary you do. Ray. Maja is also a very, uh, very strong advocate. She? Yes, she is? Yes.
0: Maja is a very, very I'll tell you what, she is a and extremely, I, I, I chat with Maja from time yeah,
1: to time. Yeah, very intelligent. Yeah, um,
0: very She's intelligent. in Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, Very interesting. Very, very yeah. smart. Yes. Um, So, but I'll get back to her. Okay. Cheryl Muscu, Keith Frosty, Becky Mitchell, Vicky Ann Wallace, Steve Miller, Nick and Molly, of course, Natasha, Neil Eagleton, Stewie Benton, Tracy Busby, Allie Nett, Christine Hauer, Thomas Tui. DJ Youngblood, Robert Sanchez, Carlene Madison, Aaron Fowler, Daniel Fredrickson, Andy Spiraccio, Toby Deese, Nancy Palomino, Jalapeno.
1: Hi, Nancy.
0: Kim Kazmerski kamikaze Jennifer Hawkins, Tara Chinchilla, Chicago Lindsey McMillan. Going to do that Iron Man thing, the triathlon. Wow.
1: She, that's amazing.
0: Eddie Rushing, um, Yo, handler sammy I james think i could
1: be like a plastic man you know i mean i can't even like walk across the floor
0: well we got and can i want to send a congrats special congratulations out to somebody i really really like um because I've, I've talked to her a little bit too and, and somebody who i really admire another another beautiful and smart lady and very very funny um is nicola Nicola Reed who did her Nicola uh, who Reed, just the, did a uh, uh the
1: attorney counsel The
0: attorney and she's also doing some running. She I think yeah, she did really. a 10k or 5k or maybe a marathon. I don't a half marathon. I, I do like a 10 uh
1: no not a 10k. I do like a quarter of a k.
0: I do do a, yeah, I don't do much running, Timmy. I I can run in grass. I can't run on concrete.
1: Yeah, it hurts my knees, too. I walk, but.
0: uh, I sprint with the dog is what I do. I throw the ball. I got a neat little trick that I do with Rudy.
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
0: I sit him down, sit next to me, and I say, sit, stay. Mm
3: -hmm. And
0: uh, he doesn't move. I throw the baseball down the field, and I take off running for the baseball. Mm -hmm. And he will not move until I tell him to go. Oh. And then when I feel like I've got enough head start, I'll say go, and me and him will race to the ball.
1: Oh, okay, that's good um, exercise. What
0: I yeah, I try to do about five or six of those. They're about forty yards. I try to do about five or six of those a night.
1: to give a shout out to Tara Fuller. Okay. And to our good friend Danielle Jones of the Between Us Girls. Between class. Us Girls. Yes, one of our favorite podcasts.
0: Angie Ball. We're all talking. We've gotten to the part on the page where we got the Colonel's crew. All righty. Sarah Mimosa, Sarah Spaghetti, Jennifer Burdick, Karen Barnes. Who we already got, but she gets double because she's on the Colonel's team. By Jen- the way,
1: uh, Danielle Jones was interviewed for DiscoverPods.com. Mm-hmm. They did interview with her, and I, I just, I'm just looking at it now, and they ask her what is her favorite podcast, mm-hmm. and listed number one. No, no way. Yes, so thank you very much, Danielle. Well, Danielle,
0: you're, I, 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 I want to be on. Between. I just like I to be I with went, those I, women. I just want to yeah, hang out with them. Yeah, I don't want
1: to be on a podcast. I just want to hang out with them drink wine. Yeah. But I do so want to be on the podcast, too, but we really want to be by the beautiful women. But,
0: you know, the problem with them is they're smart to me. You can't put no I shit know. past them.
1: I know. We can't con them.
0: Um, the lovely Irish Francis Doughton, Chicago Jess. You know who you are, Jessica Williams jessica is another one
1: just i love she,
0: jessica. jessica is funnier than hell amanda bocce shannon tiffany of shannon rossett of uh u2 fame she's a legendary YouTube 2 fan tiffany monica d agostino angela Cobs, radica happy birthday to your girl happy
1: birthday radica
0: my lovely little family the mascot of Team beautiful, Colonel,
1: beautiful, beautiful oh. uh, young lady. She is a really beautiful girl. Mm-hmm.
0: Just to the well, I should not. I don't mean girl in a no, demeaning really,
1: way. She's, no. She's a very beautiful young woman.
0: Um, Liz, Liz Keating, um, Nashville Jen Wicks from New York to Nashville. Jen came Jen from New York. Wicks. She lives down in Nashville. Yes,
1: she is uh, very, very funny.
0: And of course, we got Jennifer who is Team Colonel, Jennifer Burdick. Um no Jennifer um, Linda's son.
1: Oh, okay. Um, and Linda's daughter or
0: Linda's son? <laughs> Jennifer Linda's Siemens. Son. Jennifer Siemens. And
1: Hunter's mother.
0: And Hunter. Yeah, she's yes. on Team Colonel. Um, the lovely, lovely. Uh, here's another beauty on, on on Team Colonel, Rachel Flynn.
1: Ah uh, yes, the lovely Rachel Flynn.
0: And you know Donna, I had Donna Hellman, but she said I picked on Brandy so much. I'm worried. I'm wondering if she's not undercover Team Brandy.
1: Oh, uh, you think it, she's uh, sabotaging I think she might be. She was so sweet in taking up for Brandy. She thought we were picking on Brandy. Not knowing <laughs> no. that Brandy is the, you know.
0: Brandy uh, the bully around yes, you. Yes, Brandy's con- uh, yes. Brandy's the, you know, I have never. In, have the embodiment of evil. Here's the thing. Have you ever have you ever punched Brandy? No, no. No. How many times have you seen Brandy punch me? All the time. All the time. <laughs> yes. All the time. So anyway, Maja Zanoka um jamie tarantino i hope you Her, she's working on her dad right now to get him to quit smoking and i hope he really does um and then you know who who really is a integral part of that group and one of the sharpest wittiest people i know uh, that i've seen on Who there. is that it's amber crew i mean yes. she will have a comeback in a heartbeat i yes. mean it just it just kills you
1: she's very funny
0: um, Josh Hilly, Lori Mcnally, Monroe Blake, Allison Shields, Cheryl Pierce, who's a nice lady, Tracy Harper, Amy Carol Payne, Tyra Jenkins, Danielle Fredrickson, Christian Dormer, M. Waterfall, Susan Angles, Christy Davidson, Don Gordon, John Gray, Rebecca Hoare, uh, or Hoare Rachel, I'm not really sure, Kirsty, Kirsty Ramsden. Yeah. She's on Team I need to move her because she's self-proclaimed team colonel yeah um kirsty over in england now hope you're doing well eric dwight um and kirsty has not kirsty has one desire to I me mean, one big 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 desire what
1: is that desire? you know what that is no
0: she wants to see bruce springsteen live oh,
1: okay well that's a worthy goal
0: you see so you gotta love a girl like that eric dwight sarah morgan sarah's real sweet yeah, erica sarah's is too erica clements i really uh, really like erica Becky Omelette.
1: I don't think that's her name.
0: It's, uh, and you know what? I did get a name, Oh Sugar. Okay. But I'd like Becky Omelette better. Okay. Steph Glenn, Christina Hodges, Christina Montana, Maria Barber, Jennifer Potts, Cindy Overstreet, Hamilton, Paul Manpilli, Mike Arnold, Melissa Lebrano, Brittany Howe, three Heathers, Heather Hall, Heather Poole, Heather Marshall.
1: Lovely Heathers.
0: Terry Helmsley, Kevin Beham, Mike Tabor, John Janke, Jeff Hopkins, Mark Hammermeister, Maddie Kinnan, uh Pavlava, Amelia Roscoe, Michael Daniel, Michelle Hervin, Barb Keel, Seth Merrill, Jessica Bishop, Liz Evans, Stacey Lynn, Jeffrey Dolan, Brenda Deutsch, Miriam Buckwald, Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey Fro.
1: Lovely Kelsey Fro.
0: She is a beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. Susanna Sheldon, Genesis, Genesis Lopez, Poppy May I love that name. Skip Fayou. And here's another one. Beautiful Timmy. Mm-hmm. Smart, smart, smart. Damage beyond repair. Oh, I don't know. Who's uh, that? But funnier than hell. Who? Lovely Callie Jones.
1: Uh, Callie is a very lovely lady. Yes, yeah, she, and she's very funny, funny too. Very, very funny. funny. Yes.
0: Norma DiMaggio, Dan Hamer, Andy Smizer, Brandy Dees. Karen Alden, Angie L, Megan Smith, Lovely Carla Nelson, Jessica Winchester, Anita Darden, Nancy Weller, Kristen Andreassen, Valerie Murray, Tammy Innes, of course, Tamara Cola. Tamara's funny, too.
1: Yes, very funny.
0: Leah McAllister, Stephanie Poling, Lauren Meredith, Leah McGraw, Sarah Bloom, um, Katie Gregg, Christina Stenson, Marissa Sanchez, Michael Dayu, Let's see. That's three of my columns right there, Timmy.
1: All right. Well, go ahead. Go, keep going, Carmen. Should we just do everybody? Let's do everyone. Let's
0: do everybody today. Kelly Cole, Jennifer Savoda, Cincinnati Girl, Lauren Meredith, Ainsley Hallett, Ronnie Rhodes, Sophia Panna, Aaron Shipley, Jay Alford, Hollywood.
1: Hollywood. 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 Hollywood.
0: Hollywood. net Susie Randall, Deborah Chappelle, Danielle Jones,
1: Dan- Danielle? From, uh, Danielle from the uh, Between Us Girls podcast, going to invite
0: us onto the podcast. We're you? hoping we're trying We'd to still get, be
1: outnumbered. We're trying. To, we're trying to be get on uh, their two? podcast, but they, it's a very funny podcast. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. Between us, girls. between us,
0: girls, they will make you laugh uh, out loud. They
1: will. And uh, thank you very much, Danielle, for mentioning us in the interview on. Uh, discoverpods.com
0: Brittany Martin Margot Donahue Jamie McCab Meg Van Sill Sarah Taylor Allison Schneider Ramoni Howard Nitin Sill Rachel Hummel How you doing? Oh of course Lauren Mare
3: mm-hmm.
0: Molly Fontenot Sean DeBoer Jasmine Whitney Stacey Gutierrez Tim Hale Donna Young Melanie Young James Rian Alan Dobbs Daza Carol Nash Elizabeth Brawl, Mark Farnan, Paula Kimes, Chris Swanson, Christina Bachelor, Andrea Odell, Rob Roy, George Huckler, Matt Brookins, Joe Lamond, Jared Howard, Leah Pangburn, Natalie Parsons, Todd Long, Lauren Feller, Ron Ratchke, Terry Pickett.
1: Todd Long is really funny.
0: Todd is very funny. Holly Schreiber, Madge, Madge Payne, mm-hmm. Lindy Lada marcus molina tommy lane is in my ears
1: tommy is a great guy supporting us uh, on patreon thank you
0: thank you very much tommy Teresa, arthur tina reeves kaz every here's another lovely we got here timmy Mm -hmm. rosanna
1: Rosanna, 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 Rosanna from the Never They Walk Among Us podcast, like and I, they Rosanna, are going to win the British podcast, I have uh, words, I British Pod Awards, uh, quit singing please, I'm i am voting for They Walk Among Us, and if you haven't voted for the, I don't know if I, I think I probably broke some international law by voting for them, uh, but They Walk Among Us is, uh, of course, Rosanna and her husband. Uh, is a great podcast. If you like true crime, check it out. They Walk Among Us. Uh, they're up for uh, a potty or whatever the award potty? is. It's a British podcasting Awards. And, oh, okay. Uh, they're up for podcast of the year. So well, good. we're uh, rooting ooh. for them. And we're rooting, of course, for our friends and with Slaughter.
0: Um, Jason Yankee, Lydia. I
1: think Chris. it's a Yankee. Is it how do you pronounce it? Remember he says it.
0: Oh, yeah. Jason Yankee. Yon- yes. Yankee. Kim Stroop. Um, I and then Jason
1: is, a, is with the BJ on a weekend podcast.
0: Oh, okay. Kim Stroop, mm-hmm. Kristen Whiting, Justin Justin Brodeer.
1: Justin's a funny guy. Yeah.
0: Peter Fulmer, Chris Lane, Mike Hound, Sabone Lavelle, Brooke Smith, Tony Marsala, Sarah Morgan, M.J. Howard, Stacy Flynn, Marissa Rhodes, Jill Phoenix, Megan Harper. Catherine Richardson, Alicia Wren, Diane Huff, Julia Jordan, Teresa Klingan Smith, Fiona, 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 Fiona. The lovely, lovely Fiona, Fiona over yes. in Vietnam.
1: She's in. Well, she's from Australia, but she's in yeah, Vietnam. I know she's, oh, no, she's from Malaysia, right?
0: I don't know. She's crazy though, so she's, I think she's uh, Australian. I
1: know she. She is originally from. I think, I don't know if she's from Australia. I think she's originally from Australia. She lives in Malaysia, but she is traveling in
3: Vietnam Vietnam. right now, yeah.
1: Yes, so safe travels, Fiona.
0: Brianna Miera, Belinda Hugh, Brooke Johnson, and I just covered Rosanna, um, Casey Wilcox, MJ Howard, Andrew um, Dayton, Dayton, Christy Lee, Samantha Gant, Amber Fresh, Michelle Hervin, Danielle Bassett, Cassandra Berger, Michael Hound, James Rion. That is every single person I now have on my did you see sh-
1: Jason Dykes? Well, you did. Well, I said him in the uh, the uh, Patreon shout-outs. Jason I typically Dykes.
0: don't cover them on. Oh, I got you. All right,
1: Jason Dykes, I just want to say we were, uh, you know, Jason has the picture, uh, his profile pic, is that of Moe, I think Mo the, Mo, bart- the bartender, bartender from The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. You know, said it would be, I said we're going to be disappointed in crime Con when he shows up and he doesn't look like Moe. So he sent his real picture. He's a handsome-looking guy.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah, that's what I figured I suspect is Jason's going to come in there and he's going to be some guy about 6'3", look like Brad Pitt in his younger mm-hmm. days. And all and, the
1: women are mm-hmm. going to flock to him.
0: Yeah. Don't yeah. be taken the crime Well, they're expecting Moe.
1: Yeah, exactly he's, <laughs> he's managing the expectations yeah. very well on that one too yeah. it,
0: well played there really it's all about how, and that's what i need to do i need to change my profile <laughs> i need to tone it down just a little because you know what i, I well i yeah. think i have because tanner once told me
1: you know what um, we need to do we need to get like one of those websites where they age your picture mm-hmm. like 15 years and then and we'll then, look good you
0: know, well yeah but you know what most of the time by that time yeah, once people seen that picture, they'd yeah. never want to meet us.
1: I did that where you 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 put your photo of you, and then they tell you what you look like 15 years from mm-hmm. now. Mine was like a headstone.
0: <laughs> Fifteen years from now, yeah, mine's got a mine's got a catheter attached to it and everything else. Um, but you know, Tanner told me, and this is good advice for all you men. Um, his his best friend was voted the prettiest girl in. Walnut Hills which was a big high school mm-hmm. um, and she her, her she was a, a, an, an Indian girl an Asian mm-hmm. Indian girl mm-hmm. just a stunning stunning girl and Tanner often did not like to get his picture taken with him
3: mm-hmm.
0: he said dad never get your picture taken with a 10 he said because even if you're 8 it knocks you down at least to a 7 oh, s- I know. or Man, a 6 I, look, there's I nothing know. you can do
1: I get my pictures when uh, Claire and I take pictures. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Yeah.
0: You know the good. It's like you're invisible to me. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like you're not even there. It's <laughs> I like, know. Oh, that's a lovely picture. Yeah. Where's where's Tim- oh there's Timmy over yeah. there. Uh, you know. Yeah,
1: oh, that creepy looking guy.
0: Yeah. Now I will say they, they say what you want, but Claire's a tent. She is a lady. beautiful, yes. beautiful woman. Yes,
1: I look forward to seeing her next month. You're going to see her soon, right? Yes, I'll see her in May, and you guys will be podcasting while I'm awake. Yes, me.
0: we will be. We we'll will be, be talking in, about your dastardly deeds. Y- yes,
1: baby. and then when I come back, uh, of course, we'll all be at uh, CrimeCon, June, mm. June the 9th through the 10th. Yeah, June 9th and 10th in Indianapolis. We invite all of you who are going to give us a shout, and we would love to meet up with you. We're going to do meetups, and uh, we're going to... Get to know all of you and we're looking forward to that you have two more shout outs, colonel and we can call it a yes
0: day. i do the lovely lovely lady beverly
1: our saint this uh the patron saint of the history Dweeb's that's
0: podcast. right i mean how if if we want anybody to be miss history dweeb yes it would be lady beverly yes um and of course the lady we did and, and you know what in in fairness we gotta say this she has been such a big help i mean when we talk about you know we thank our patreon sponsors and we appreciate it so much but when we w- decided we was going to upgrade mics and everything else and we all you know we're not we're not poor people timmy we could buy our mics or do mm-hmm. whatever uh, miss dotty said you know what buy whatever whatever your equipment you're buying just get it and i'll yeah, just pick it out card. and i'll buy it yes for it. and yes. that was very sweet of her yes, i mean she's just very mother. very kind and so, i
1: I, you know, I bespersion her name last time because I said she used to beat me with a baseball bat. So, <laughs> I so don't that believe- was a lie. That was a lie. It's not true. I think thank everybody you, knew that was yeah, a lie to me. Yeah, probably so. So. All right. Thank you. So, Ms. Dowdy, thank
0: you very much.
1: Yes. Uh, Colonel, where can people find us?
0: People can find us on Facebook at History Dweebs, the yeah. podcast.
1: Yeah. Please join our Facebook group. It's History Dweebs, the podcast. Uh, you'll get to interact with all the people we've mentioned here and give shout outs to. It's a lot of fun um it's craziness uh join us i think if you like the podcast you'll love the group you can also find us on uh twitter at history one or you can follow the colonel at hawk waters Mm -hmm. on on twitter you can i want to give a shout out to to uh fat boy boy gardener i need to get
0: him on the list
1: yes he is neither fat a boy or a gardener but he made this terrific uh Picture uh, logo that we're Hit it gonna, with a floppy. Yes, hit it with a floppy. Hit it with a floppy, it it was, floppy with The History News Podcast, we appreciate that very much. Um, you can also, if you're, uh, we had three, Colonel, three five star reviews this uh, yeah, week. Amazing. Just a few days. Uh, some very nice things. Uh, it was said about us on uh, iTunes. We got five or three uh, very nice. Uh, reviews that we certainly, certainly appreciate and very grateful for. So I want to say a special um, shout out to those of you who've left us um, reviews. That's Bree ninety eight seventy five seventy eight. Thank you very much, Bree. Uh, Scrammy Red, who said we were just brilliant, Colonel, and she really likes well, that's the Southern. Nice. she really likes the Southern gentleman. So she likes you. She's from England. Thank you, Scrammy Red, and uh, you. Ragnarsson, uh also left us a very nice review and said she would have voted or he or she would have voted for you in the election had she known that you were running at the end November
0: well so. I pulled I pulled out because I thought everything yeah. was going to be okay pulled and then out. it turns out that uh you, you know you, you might have won turns out I probably would have won I, it turns out no i I should have won yes because if anybody can if anybody can take this situation in Syria and unravel it it's you. Well, there's not a situation I have come across that I cannot make worse, Timmy. Yes. <laughs> so that's what you I would figure, a You would be in perfect position to I would that. be, exactly. I would be, I would be, you know, just lobbing bombs and lob, and they would be landing in Canada. People would be yeah. pissed off at me. Yeah. And, yeah, You'd
1: have that whole world in arms. Oh, yeah. All but right. at least
0: it would be a un. the world would finally be
1: united I'd against uh, against you <laughs> against oh yeah against me. Thank you for joining us everyone and we'll see you next time on History Dweeves. Bye everyone. day. Bye bye.